0: my fathers sit on benches their flesh count every plank the slats leave dents of darkness deep in their withered flank and they nod like broken candles all waxed and burnt profound they say but sugar it was our submission that made your world go round there in those pleated faces i see the auction block the chains and slavery's coffles, the whip and lash and stock. My father's speak in voices that shred my fact and sound. They say, but sugar, it was our submission and that made your world go round. They laughed to shield their crying. They shuffled through their dreams. They step and fetched a country and wrote the blues in screams. I understand their meaning. It could and did derive from living on the ledge of death. They kept my race alive by wearing the
1: mask.
2: (laughs) Welcome back to UN50. My name is BJ Council and welcome back to our, our podcast. <clears throat> and hopefully you may have listened to some other ones in the previous one that we had. We're going to kind of continue with uh, the mask that we wear uh, as it relates to interaction with law enforcement. And, and maybe a little bit of an experience that I have I have had back in the day, and my co-host, if they have anything. And then we just we're just going to just kind of talk about interaction and compliance that might look like for some may not look like. in then my perspective. And. Uh, just see where, it, where it goes. So thanks for joining us today. And first off, I'll just kind of start with Andrew. I think most of you know who my co-hosts are, Andrew Campbell and Harmony Chavis. So what I want to do this time is a little different. Just go ahead and get started in the conversation as to asking Drew if he's ever had an interaction with Popo.
1: Yes, I have. Um, it was, I think I was in high school and I was in a park with a couple of my friends and it was just getting dark. The sun was just setting. Um, but I guess this is my first or second time in the park. So I didn't really know the rules beyond, um, being at a park at night. Um, but the cop pulled up, um, to the parking lot. And as we were sitting on the benches in the inside the park on the tables, um, he came over and we were just sitting there talking and asked what we were doing. I told him, um, and he told me, he said, not you. I want them to speak. And they, we were, it was myself, another male and a female. Um, but the two, the male and female were brothers and sisters and they were of mixed race. Um, and you, but you could tell they were of mixed race. Um, but it kind of took me off by surprise because I had never had that interaction with a police. I'm I was in my head like, why did he just, why did he just ask me? Um, but he, after we explained it, we gave him our, our IDs. Um, and then he asked us to leave because the sun was going down. So we were like, we don't want any trouble. We don't want to fuss and say the sun's not down yet. Um, but we, we <laughs> left and went home. But it kind of stuck with me for a long time because I was saying, like, why did he stop me from explaining? Because I've always kind of been a little outspoken. So
2: uh,
1: <laughs> a band-aid on the issue. Just like, right. please don't kill us. Please let us go home. Um, that's about the only interaction that I, that stuck with me the most. Well,
2: you you got stopped recently. How was that?
1: I I did what recently?
2: You got stopped for speeding.
1: <laughs> oh, I did. I forgot. I kind of put that in the <laughs> how, back. how
2: did you forget? How that? did you forget that? Yeah.
1: Oh, after that court case, the court fee was paid. I kind of forgot. I didn't want to.
3: Had to, right? Probably <laughs> felt sick every time you had to think yeah, about it.
1: I, but I recently got pulled over for speeding um, at the end of last year. Um, and when I got pulled over, like my heart was racing a little bit, but I remember everything I was taught. So I was like, let me, let me follow the race and do as I'm supposed to do. So I did what I was supposed to do, and he gave me the ticket anyway. Um, <laughs> I said, Lord, please let him give me a warning so that I can go back home. Um, but I got. Everything's so and everything's fine. But I remember the thing that stuck with me the most is, um, when I got home and I told my, my parents, I told my mom first because she's the calmer parent. And then I told my dad, um, and he was upset, but he said he wasn't upset because I got a ticket. He was upset that I had to go through that and endure that. Um, and that kind of was, stuck with me a lot because he wasn't mad about me speeding. He was mad that I had to go through that.
2: Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, cool. Harmony, what about you, your interaction with the Pope?
3: Uh... You know, I would say most of my interactions with the police have been unprovoked, at least from my perspective. But they've all been, like, relatively good. I remember I got pulled one time. BJ, I can see you rolling your eyes. <laughs> I can see it. Um, But, like, the one time I've been, like, pulled, like, when I was driving, my Mm -hmm. tags had been expired for, like, almost a year, and I knew it was a matter of time. He was so nice to me, and he was like, you know, I could take your car in, but I don't want to do that. Like, here's a ticket. And he even told me how to get, like, get it thrown out. Oh, wow. He was like, if you go get it done and you take it to, you know, the court before your date, you won't have to show up and they'll throw it out. And they did. And I mean, he was so nice. And then, you know, I had an interaction. BJ, you remember when I accidentally hit that man at Target? I mean, not Target, Costco. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I accidentally hit this man with my car. So the police came and I'm like, okay, like, what should I do? Like, they all call the police, but they're not here. Like, am I free to go? And he's like, yeah, you're fine. So, you know, I've had pretty good interactions with there was only like one that was like kind of sketchy, but he was—he wasn't—he was like security. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't a police officer. Um, so I mean, most of mine have been pretty positive, actually, but I won't say that they're never nerve wracking. Never not nerve wracking. So like, even though they are positive, it still is equally as uncomfortable and nerve wracking for me every time especially when being pulled over you know what i mean like the other interaction i have with two raleigh police cops they were like outside of a club you know what i mean like it doesn't usually escalate there right (laughs) so you know especially when being pulled over even if i'm a passenger i feel like sometimes it's even scarier as a passenger because like you know what could happen and you want them to be safe and calm and really the driver is like the spokesperson of the car you know what i mean like that's who the police is probably talking to. I know you, I see you making a face BJ, but like that's who they're talking to about, you know, first they want to get their license and registration. Right, right. And I think that really, even all of the cases that I can think about, which is not a lot, but when there is a passenger along with a driver, it's usually the driver that gets killed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. yes.
3: So you, you get what I'm saying? Like that to me is it, almost like you feel very protective and you want them to be safe but it's also difficult when you are the driver and you have to maintain that level of control so yeah it's so it's still kind of scary even though personally my experiences haven't been bad and I think that that's the
2: power of just this collective trauma between black people and the police yeah it is scary I mean I've been stopped believe it or not, once by the popo. Can they tell, like, okay, this is
3: a really random question. <laughs> but, like, let's say, you know, Bobby Jean is running your tags. Does it somehow indicate that you're retired law
2: enforcement? No, and I, I got stopped being, I was coming, Chris and I were coming from a uh, Christmas event from Raleigh, and they got pulled over on, on, on 40, coming out of mm-hmm. Raleigh, uh, Raleigh PD. And I was in her car. We, we were together. We were in her car. We had just left the concert and there's nothing. I was, I think I was a, either a captain or a major and I didn't, didn't bother to tell him who I was, didn't say anything. He said it was during the holidays and usually they crank it up. Mm-hmm. He said I uh, kind of changed lane abruptly and they were out there trying to uh, obviously slow down aggressive drivers during, 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 the, during the holiday. And I was like, okay. And gave him what I needed to give him and he said, just do better. And sent me on my way. It's nerve wracking. I mean, I, suck. suck yeah. me. I, I mean, I, 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 know it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not a comfortable feeling. I, I, I know that, and mm-hmm. it's difficult to do that. So, um, being a police officer and, and uh, you know, the work that we do is, you know, you and Father was trying to teach black and brown folks how to safely interact and get home because that's my ultimate goal. I, I need, I need people to get to the house. Um, but I also know that, you know, I, I have during my career I had people who who resisted and and I and believe it or not, at least as far as I'm concerned, I'm going, No, don't don't do that. Cause I, I don't really want to put my hands on you. You know, I mean seriously, I I, I don't want to chase you because I don't like running and I don't like putting my hands on people. <laughs> you know, so that that's just like two things that I, I just want oh, you to wow. <laughs> I just want people to go. I have a warrant on you. Could you please come on? Let's go with me. Cause I, that's just part of my job. So, I mean, I've had, I've had to do that. I know that uh one night and this is the uh, full moves and a woman, woman's intuition is something I am definitely a believer in. Not that I wasn't, you, <laughs> <laughs> but being a police officer on Pettigrew street, at the two o'clock didn't want to stop a drunk driver. And, knew he was drunk, pulled him over. And as soon as I got there, I could tell his demeanor that he was going to be a problem. And so I backed off of him and called for backup. And I went back before my backup got there and I began to get him out of the car. He started to struggle. And luckily, just as he was starting to struggle, I had backup. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I mean, so for me, it was like, I could tell it was going to be trouble. And I don't want it to be. It's, it's, It's scary. It's, it's, uh, Mm-hmm. It's just scary because you're mad at me because you're driving drunk and I caught you drunk and now you wanna fight and beat me up. Right, so like, can you explain to
3: us a little bit more of like, like, could you break that down for us? Like when you got out of the car, like I th- I think it would be interesting and an and educational experience to know like, okay, what what indicated that you needed to stop him, if you can remember, oh, you yeah. know, what what indicated to you other than because i believe in intuition too but like were there any sudden movements that he made that made you feel uncomfortable how long did you have to wait for backup how long did it seem like you it felt like you waited you know what i mean like what physical actions did he do i just i just want to have like a a better picture so i can understand the emotions and i think that it would be good for listeners too to be able
2: to paint that mental picture yeah i mean usually what you to back then I'm sure you're kind of riding around two or three o'clock in the morning, you know clubs are closing. Okay. And and Mm -hmm. so you're kind of in the area because especially back during those times was all about drunk driving because people just, before they kind of like, okay, I need to stop driving drunk. But people were still really driving drunk back then. And you knew, I mean, you would follow them for a while and then you were just, the way they were driving the vehicle, they kept weaving in the lane and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And and so you pop the light on them <clears throat> and you want, you tell, you know, you call out where you are because it was, it was on Pettigrew Street. And, okay. Um, so up near where the, where the railroad crossing, where they, where they do all do all the work with the train. Mm-hmm. The convenience story is right, right up yeah, there. Yeah yeah, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right there. And, um, so I got out of the car and I asked him for his license and he gave it to me. And, and I said, so I went back, ran him again. And I knew I could smell the alcohol on him, so I went back and I said, "You know, uh, I'm gonna gonna arrest you for DWI." Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, "No." And <laughs> I was like, "Okay, um, but I'm gonna." And, and he was just—it was just—you could tell his body was starting to mm-hmm. tighten up, and so his body language, his mm-hmm. body language starting to tighten up, and and I knew that I I wasn't gonna be able to handle him by myself. Right. Uh, so I just I backed up and I said I need a backup and one was coming and I decided I waited for a few minutes not a long time but I waited and then was he me? out of his vehicle? At, no, no, he's still time? inside. No, he's still inside. Okay, so the whole time, yeah. the whole okay, time okay. he's he's in the car because I, I bottom line, I knew when he said he he wasn't going to get out. I knew that right. I had to put my hands on him and pull him out, and I was not going to be able to do that by myself. Right, right, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I and I'm not a very I mean, I've gained weight, but I was pretty small as far as my weight So I, I, Anyway, so as I got ready to get out of the car, and I walked back, my backup was pulling up as I was getting to his door jam, and I opened the door mm-hmm. and put my hands on him. My backup was there, walking toward me as I'm starting to pull him out of the car, and he's struggling. And then my, you know, and the guy, my, my colleague, just ran up and finished pu- helping me pull him out of the car. He struggled. And because I had the backup, we were able to cuff him really quick and get him up and get him in the back of my car. Okay, so I have of, a couple questions. Not a lot of
3: struggle. So when you say, because there were two different points that I had questions about. So mm-hmm. when you say you had to put your hands on him, like, mm-hmm. did you give him another warning to say, look, like, you're going to jail. I need for you to get out of the vehicle. Like, did did he get another warning? Like, and then how do you pull somebody out of the car? You know what I mean? Like, did you yeah. just reach in and grab him? Like, how did that? How did that happen?
2: Yeah, I mean, he, I, as best I can remember, I, he got out. I mean, I, I put my hand on him. He came. On, he came out. That's just I can remember. But then he was just like, "I'm not putting my hands behind my back. I, I'm not going to jail." It was just that. It wasn't. Oh, like, okay. You know okay. What I'm saying? Like it's like, yeah, you, you can get me out, and, and he's coming out. which you can tell it's like I, I'm dragging my butt to get out of here because I really don't want to go with you. And then you can tell I, I'm not going to get his hands behind him. He's not my, planned, yeah. I'm not going to be able to cut wow. him by myself. I mean, I, mm-hmm. once I get him out of the car, is when it really starts to go south. As long as he's in the car, everybody's safe. But once he right. starts getting out of the vehicle, then it's makes it makes it very different. To, it's a whole different ball. And then, like I said, it was. This is when women women's intuition and in full moons firmly firm <laughs> law enforcement will make you believe in those two things. Like, like, like I don't know what. Double it's, social work. Yeah, and, and you know when people think Tell about. The the video that I had that Andrew looked at is it's, it's a new video. It happened in April 2019. I'm a Virginia State Trooper he actually smiles into the, the camera while the young man's like he got stopped right. He got stopped by a female trooper for expired inspection and guess he wouldn't get out of the vehicle. Which I tell people you got to get out of the car. You may not want to, but you have to get out of the vehicle. And as a police officer. I need you to know that because I really do not want to put my hands on. But, but contrary, I mean, I, I know we got some officers out there that are just aggressive because that's just, you know, that's just unfortunate for some of them. That's how they operate. But for the most part, we really don't want to put our hands on you. Once you start saying you won't get out of the vehicle, it's like, it's, it's just, because it's not going to be good. It's just, it's not going to be good. And especially if I, and you have to get out of the vehicle once you're asked to get out of the vehicle. So this video shows the guy saying, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting there and it's it's like, but he's asked you to get out of the car. So the the female trooper stops him. He refuses to get out of the car. And then the male trooper gets there and then his stuff kind of kicks in. He's like, I'm going to whoop your ass You're going to get, and, you know, it's like all of that is just extra that does not need to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so I he, that state trooper, it's just, it's just the comments. Yes, the guy didn't get out of his car. He should have gotten out of his car. You know, whether you, and he's, you know, he's saying in the video, I'm not doing anything. But once they ask you to get out of the vehicle, you have to. And that's the part that, that's frustrating for me when I do these workshops. If nothing else, you got to get out of the car because it's going to go south real quick. But this officer was just, he was just a lot. Yeah, I think he's, he's
1: just, what did you think about the video, uh, Andrew, State Trooper 1? Um, I wouldn't, like, like you said, I, I wish that he had have just simply complied, but then I think, like, the officer's reactions and response, to his actions was a lot, too. And I just, I don't know how I would react, because I get anxiety quick, and my brain just <laughs> kind of just, like, shuts down, and I don't know what's going on. So I just, I can't imagine being in either one of those situations.
2: It's stressful for everybody. It's stressful for everybody. And then the officer, you know, looking at the uh, video camera, telling people, y'all getting ready to watch the show. I mean, that, that just makes it bad for every other trooper that doesn't oh act like Oh, my gosh. That. Yeah. And, and it, it, I mean, he's making it bad for everybody else. It's like. <sighs> and then the young man behind the car is turned out based on another article that I did a follow up on his license was suspended. So. You know, part of so did life. the young man pass away, or what happened? No, 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 no. He's okay. He's okay. Was he shot, or no? Anything, he's, or it was just no, a problematic interaction. It was problematic interaction. He grabbed the the trooper grabbed him by his neck and pulled him out of the car. It's just oh, problematic. Yeah. Gotcha, so he, he's, okay. yeah, it happened in 2019, and he he's, uh, he decided to release it now, which is fine. Um. So gotcha. Know, the thing, okay. The officers unprofessional. And, you know, like you said, you know, off camera, you know, it's not so much to kind of always put the blame. But I guess for me, it's just I need people to get home. And if it's simply you stepping out of the vehicle when you've, when you've been asked to do that, because you could have got an officer that went, you ain't getting out of the car, I'm just going to shoot you. And, and that's just not it's not worth it. And then it's just I don't know. I, I, I want black folks to go to the house. But it, and I don't want to always put the, you know, I think sometimes Sticky, and I don't know, Harman, you may not like this, but Sticky replies, to, I think, on both sides sometimes. If he had just gotten out of the car when the, when the female troopers stopped, it probably would have been fine. Just give him a ticket, do what you got to do, and go on about your business. But but now you got this male backup that's feeling himself. He's all up in his, you know, I'm getting ready to show you all this, and now here we go. Can I, ask,
1: can I add something and ask a question yeah. for both of you? Um, I guess like something that as we were talking about, um, the piece that was written by Maya Angelou, um, something that kind of just ran through my brain right then was, um, the, I think of sort of kind of in my brain, I know that if I was in the same situation as the young male was, um, in the video that we watched, I know that the, a mask would come on my face as, as a, as fear and as a compliance as well too, because although I may not, Realize that I'm not doing anything wrong, I know that I have to do this because I may lose my life um that that part of me is being i don't the word submissive is it has a different conversation than what I want to use, but it's like I'm complying because I know if i don't i would i may have a chance of losing my life um, and although like the message you're putting on may be like i have I'm doing this just because of this, and even though I know I'm not doing anything wrong, I have to if that makes sense. Yeah, how do y'all think about what do y'all think about that? In a sense,
2: yeah, to me it makes a whole lot of sense,
3: and you know, it's almost like I, I understand what you mean when you say that the word submissive has the wrong like connotation and context for what you're trying to say, because it's it's almost it, we're we're humans, right? So we rely on data. And if we've been told or if it's been illustrated personally in your interactions with the police to comply, this is how you get home. It would make sense that that would be people's assumption, right? Like, because we are people of data and that would be what we refer to a lot of the times. Um, so like, I, I definitely understand like UBJ saying, you know, just comply, like make it easier on yourself. Totally get that. Um, And I think that both parts can exist where police need to and should do a better job of de-escalating situations. And we can also say that in certain situations where people have not complied, they should have. And yeah, both dualities, in my opinion, can exist at the same time without negating the fact that Police in this country have got to do better. And I don't think any of us support the behavior that's been going on. So, yeah, I think that both can exist at the same time.
2: You know, I, you know, I appreciate you saying that. I think what I struggle with as I go around trying to do this work is standing in a facility, mm-hmm. a detention facility full of black and brown male faces, right? Right. And, and, and I do this stuff. You know what I'm saying, and and I show these videos where, you know, black bodies are being abused and, and they're being killed. Yet those young black male bodies in these detention centers still say to me, I'm still going to run, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's just, mm-hmm. you know, difficult. Uh, yeah, for just, sure. As a just as a human being, you know, and trying to figure out a way to save these young lives who may, you know, have made this mistake in that moment, who may end up being the the person that saves the world, you know, if they can just get through this this moment. But right now, for them, and obviously the people in the spaces that they move in, that running is a valid choice. Mm-hmm. even though they see the consequence, what the consequences could be. And for me, right. you know, I, I really struggle with that because I just don't I just don't think that that should be an alternative.
1: Right. To me, I think like in response to what you said, I've seen in certain uh, there was a video not too long ago Um, about a little boy was outside playing basketball and a cop car drove her, um, past and he hid behind the car. And to me, that, that just denotes the connotation that police have in some communities as to it's, if I know, I know if I try to outrun the police, I may live longer or I may, I may not lose my life um, because I'm trying to outrun it because it's such a negative connotation that some police have in some communities. Yeah. I actually use
2: that video now. Um, start off my presentations, uh, to really just drive home. This is where we are, where a 10 year old in his own driveway hides behind his dad's car as a police car drives down. I mean, this is how impactful this is having on young black minds. And that's just huge. And then for people to say that they don't, you know, Harvey, like you were saying, you know, we shouldn't have to tell white people what's going on. I mean, just (laughs) look at the fact that this 10 year old black male is having to, Stop playing basketball in his own driveway because right. <laughs> right. he sees the police car, you know right. like, what you know what what does that say about society equality, the system you know it just so yeah I use it, it will harmony saying of the new the new presentation, but we I use that just to say if you if you don't get anything else, you just need to understand why is it that this black kid in his own driveway is hiding behind a car just simply because the police car rides down the street this it's just we shouldn't even be here, you should not be. Here. Mhm. Yeah, it can be
3: so exhausting when you you know what I mean when you talk about it when you leave it when you try to work against it like it's so exhausting sometimes so you know yeah. just a reminder to you and to myself to yeah. it's okay to turn it off it's okay to yeah. be unengaged. It is. Like I said before it's it's a it's a marathon it is not a sprint
2: and you've got to be in it for the long haul. I know, I know. Uh it's not a marathon. Right. And then like, I think you said, we got to take care of ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so how do we do that? Cause you, you know, you, you were kind of saying you weren't really feeling it. today. So what kind of, how are you guys coping? Yeah, because you're right. You know, cause yes, I can't say that I'm not looking at the news and what's going on. And that's Mm -hmm. trauma to me. It's just traumatic. Some people may not, it may not be traumatic, but to me it's creating trauma physically, so how are you guys handling that? I mean, I think we've talked about it we've We've got links on our website for people who may need you know assistance or counseling and stuff like that. But how are you guys handling all this stuff that seems to be hurting all the humans? A whole lot of prozac and therapy once a week. <laughs> <laughs> and as an inside joke, and eight—the so number. Eight. What'd you say? The so number, number eight. eight. Inside joke to you, Harvey I don't know if I'm. Oh, I was like, I don't know if I'm. Okay, I get it now. I get it now.
3: <laughs> so yeah, you know, a yeah. whole a whole lot of Prozac, yeah. weekly therapy, um, trying to practice a lot of self compassion because that's hard. You know, I am. I'm really bogged down by this like capitalistic system that says that we're supposed to be productive every moment of every day. And I'll be honest, like it takes pretty much all I have in me to muddle through the day. You know what I mean? I'm not being the most productive person. So I know that I have to get away from like this need to be constantly productive, to have Mm -hmm. my worth and what I'm able to produce and how fast and, at what success rate and you know I'm, I'm trying to step away from that but i've been feeling a lot of guilt for not being as productive as i want to be or as involved as i wish that i could be right. so i'm just trying to be more compassionate towards myself and gracious okay. towards myself and other people because these are really uncharted and unprecedented times for everybody yes yeah even like people that had like normal i don't want to say normal lives but like people that don't struggle with mental health issues like mm-hmm. So it's even more difficult for people that are dealing with like depression, anxiety, yeah. PTSD. Like it's
2: just it's a it's a hot mess. Like I said earlier, it's a hot mess. So yeah. yeah. What about you, Drew? How are you dealing?
1: Um, I guess I'll I'll revert revert back to my common things. I'm just trying to stay alive, really. Um, I take my mental health very seriously. So. If if I sense in some way that your energy of someone's energy is not, you know, not right at this moment or you're gonna disturb mine in a way, I kinda ask you to take a break from me real quick so that I can like, you know, have my time to recenter myself and rebalance myself. Um, I have anxiety and I, I am fully aware of it and I'm open with it because I hope that I, I in in empathetic way I can help someone else, but um it's not, my anxiety hasn't been bad. So, like, recently. Um, but I know sometimes, sometimes I work or sometimes as I'm just walking, just random sad thoughts will just come through my brain because of just what society is going through and the way of life as well, too. Um, sometimes it hits me at work. I mentioned in a previous podcast, I think that, like, sometimes my boss can see it. I mean, I work, um, as an intern, but she can, are you okay? She asks me that frequently. And sometimes I'll tell her yes. And just because I don't want to go into that. Um, deep conversation about sleep, no, I'm not, but um sometimes I just say it's a lot going on today, just in general sometimes i I'll listen to the news and read the news in the morning um and sometimes the weight hits me more than it and it does um more than it should, I guess, but I'm just trying to trying to when I say I'm trying to stay alive, it just means I'm just trying to keep myself balanced and and work through the things that are going up on, I guess in the world someone taught me it's easier to go through than it is to go around
2: right 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 yeah I mean I think you know both of you you know we've talked about it pretty freely as far as just figuring out what it is we need to do to do self-care I mean I try to back off of being in this discussion a lot because I'm constantly researching and looking at stuff my producer was sending me videos and you know and I need to have to push pause to, to not look at it because it's exhausting. You know, as we said before, the, it's exhausting. And um, for me, the main thing is get my head out of the news. And then uh, I've never been one that's been able to sleep very well, so I'm trying to do my best to to listen to meditative music at night and and, and have some guided meditation in order to get so I can get some good sleep. Because for me, if I get good sleep. I do better, but if I don't, uh, I get anxious. You know, think, uh, You know, I'll just all of a sudden just start crying during the day because of stuff. Got to figure out how to navigate. From it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, but you know, the thing is, I think we, I, mean, I think that's why you know we want to try to be here for folks to talk about whatever it is you know that might help them navigate, you know, law enforcement or just you know space to you know where you can get some help because like I said we have those links uh, available uh on social media guru Abby, gratitude uh, push that out there for us to make sure uh, that we are available I think um you know and, and um, harmony have you done a blog lately i know that you you do a blog on what you've done done one lately cuz she's real you know what what i love about um i've not yeah you haven't done any lately
3: No, I haven't. So like I have been really good about posting stuff and I was posting from my travels, but no, I've I've not. um, I've not, but I I do feel called to write something. So um, when I do, I'll I'll let you know.
2: Okay. i just check. I mean, her link is on there too. And I think that what I was going to say about harmony and, you know, our relationship is one of the things that I really love is that she's free about expressing and, and my nephew too, about, you know, Mental health, you know, we just—it's all about self-care, putting ourselves out there. So it's okay, because it's—it's it's a lot, and why people got to understand. And I think we've said this before in previous podcasts. It's okay if you're not feeling well physically or mentally, it's, it's just a lot going on, and it's okay to seek help. It is okay to not be okay, because right now, in this moment, there's a lot of people not okay. I'm not okay. And I think the other uh, co-hosts would probably say they're really not okay, but they're figuring out a way to to make it okay and get through this. And and I would encourage those that listen that um, it's okay not to be okay and it's okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. I mean, Harmony, uh, uh, is am I kind of hitting that the way you think I should be hitting that? Oh, for sure, yeah. Okay. I mean, I kind of have to defer to you because you're the you know, kind of got that social worker brain and all that, you know, you're, you, know, you kind of, <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of keep us guided on, on, side. And I know Andrew does too. Alright. So, so, uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. I, I appreciate, you, you know, you guys tuning in. Um you may have heard a little, little piece of Maya Angelo's, uh, We Wear the Mask, uh, at the beginning, but the link will there that you can listen to the entire thing and, and I think uh, what we're talking about is just sometimes in order for us to navigate the things that we do, you know, like Andrew just mentioned, you uh, know, his boss might say, Are you doing okay? And then today you might have the mask on. Yeah. I'm I'm okay, but underneath the mask it's really not. So just having to figure out what that looks like for everybody. So Andrew, you got any last words?
1: Um I just wanted to echo something that Harmony said about being productive and stuff. Just to anyone who's listening it is okay. if you just stay in bed and watch Netflix because your brain has been working 24 seven. So tell <laughs> that's all. Cool. I like that. Harmony, any words of
2: wisdom? Um, I don't really have any, any words of wisdom,
3: but I definitely will say, like, even just hearing Drew say that it's okay your brain's been working like sometimes i think because i'm not physically doing tasks i discount the amount of work that my brain does um so yeah it's, it's always reassuring and comforting to know that i don't have to do it all i don't have to save the world today and that you know if all i can do is watch netflix today which is pretty much all i did that <laughs> for today that that is enough so thank you for that poignant reminder drew
2: Thank you guys. Thanks again for tuning in at UN50. My name is BJ Council and we appreciate it. Check out our um Facebook uh website. And um our will- BJ, you're I- being old. You're forgetting Instagram. Instagram, thank you. I do forget that. And, and- <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a Twitter? I have oh, wow. a Twitter. Yeah. Only because Abby makes me have one. <laughs> Well, shout out to Abby for keeping you relevant. I know. <laughs> she is definitely keeping me relevant. That's <laughs> uh, so thanks, everybody. And as always, stay well and peace.